Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I'm your host, Sarah Thompson, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Alpha Shorty, who is from the business Money Made Simple. Now, Alpha is a lifestyle and money coach. Now, she was an ex-tax accountant and management consultant, and part of her money journey, she studied financial planning. So on her journey, she realized how little we're taught about money, and while there are simple fundamentals that really shift your finances in mindset and personal development. So this is also a journey Alpha has been living herself, having studied a lot of modalities such as NLP, hand analysis, and has a certified HBDI practitioner. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. She's an avid reader and always has a pile of professional development and business books that she's reading along with listening to podcasts. She is also mum to a seven-year-old, so she is aware of the parent juggle that we all face while managing a business. And she firmly believes that money is a tool to help us live the lifestyle that we want, understanding what you want and why it makes, um, what it takes to make that to match your money is the life that you want. Apologies, I stumbled over that, Alpha. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. It's, a, it's lovely to be here. Oh, look, I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast because you have been a guest expert in my mastermind and I had amazing feedback from my um, mastermind ladies on how fabulous you were and particularly when people haven't been exposed to money mindset stuff before. So um, I have given people a little teaser of who you are, but tell everyone a little bit about your journey into being an entrepreneur and into this space of Money Made Simple. Well, it, it was a little, it's pretty accidental, to be honest. It was born out of my own journey, as you said, because mm-hmm. it was very much, um, I sort of going along my career a little bit sort of by accident more than anything or by, you know, a bit of family pressure. So I, I, I'm first generation. So my, my, both my sides, my mum's side and my dad's side were migrants in Australia. And on my, my grandmother's side, she was very much like, you have to go to university, you have to get a good job and that, and all of this kind of push. And so I went down the path and became an, a tax accountant, which wasn't the original. I originally studied international business and marketing because I love travel, but it was really difficult to get a job in that space when I was looking for a job. So I ended up going back to uni and studied accounting. And then I ended up as a grad in a, one of the big, well, there were big five at the time, there's now four of them. And, and from there, I realized even though you could potentially be good at something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you like it. Um, <laughs> and so that that was that was sort of the start of my journey, then trying to figure out what do I actually want to do? What's my, you know, the, that concept of purpose? And that's probably what drove me for quite a while. And then I ended up sort of getting so fed up with life. I just took a big risk, big career change, and we ended up more in the consulting space. And it was the best decision I could have ever made. Um, and that then also meant I was earning more money. I actually had some op- options and choices and that's when I started to delve more into personal finances, because even though I'd, I'd looked at corporate finances and how to do that side of things, we're not taught what to do with money. So stumbling through my own journey took me years and financial planner who was more of a salesperson than anything. And I was paying oh, a bucket load of money to, and it wasn't really doing anything. And, um, and then I thought, well, I, what, what is this thing? So, you know, this money thing. So like I, so I started the, I did the financial planning diploma. And I was making changes in my life and friends started to see what I was doing and wanted to know what it was, what it was. And then friends of friends. And so I started to realize there's still this, there's like this 
desire for knowledge. And there, there's a lot more out there now than there was 10 years ago when I started yes. on this. But I realized it's it's also that because in, in sort of parallel to that, I was also going on a bit of a personal journey of self-discovery like who am I what do I want to be you know when I grow up and all this sort of stuff (laughs) and then and I realized and that's what sort of drew me to the hand analysis was you know what's your purpose and all of that um and I've always been really fascinated with with human beings and what makes us tick and what fascinated me a lot about money is that we associate it with who we are as a person there's a self-worth component to it which really I have to admit it, it it hurts me on a human level because it's so not who we are. There's so mm. much more to us. And that's what sort of led me more into the mindset space. Um, and, you know, what led us to to, to our, um, our discussion initially. And that's where I've kind of come and I've built it into a p- place where I really want help women in particular, because we're often the ones who are multitasking. We don't tend to look at ourselves and what we need. Mm-hmm. And we also don't realize that a lot of it is conditioning whether it's gender conditioning or a generational or cultural, there's so much like stuff that just sits there that we're either aware of or not aware of. And even if we are aware of it, what do we do with it to overcome it? And there's a lot of sort of structures in society that are just preventing us from proceeding in a way that actually is towards our truth. So as you can see, I get very passionate about oh, it. Do you know, um, Alpha, I have to say, it's everything you say so resonates with me. We are like kindred spirits because I'm a first generation Australian and I'm the child of migrant parents. And um, I was nearly an accountant. <laughs> so I started, a, I've got a commerce degree and I was going to be an accountant. And my mum was so focused. Like, you have to go to university. That's like the that's yep. the, like a um, like it's a mortal sin if you don't and yes. then you have to have a sensible job with a very obvious career path so mm-hmm. I was doing an accounting degree and at the end of my second year I did work experience and I realized there was all these boring people in gray suits and I was just like oh my god I can't do this and I had I still remember because I'm a very compliant child and I certainly was even in as a young adult and I just said to my mom I'm, I'm not doing this I don't want to be an accountant I I, I, I said to her, I hate you for doing this to me and I just I said to her I wasn't going to finish my degree and she must have been devastated because I was two years into a three-year degree and so she suggested I go and speak to a careers counsellor who said oh wow you know in degrees you have to do foundation units and I'd done all these marketing units and been brilliant at them mm. all the colour and she yeah. said oh you should just change and become do a marketing degree and I was like yeah. oh yay and so as you know the rest is history but yeah. I love that our parents you like you say that conditioning and I think to this day no, my mum doesn't listen to this podcast so we're all good if um if you were to ask my mum she would say I wish Sarah had been an accountant even with my success that I have now and, yeah. and my success that I had in corporate marketing I still think that being an accountant is something that they like to say my daughter's a management accountant it sounds good doesn't it and it's yeah. really hard to walk away from that I still have moments of feeling like I've let her down yeah and it's it's really it yeah I had I got that more from my grandmother than from my mother mm. I think because my mother had that from her mum and she was trying not to do it to me she kind of mm. did a bit um, but it wasn't as intense, but I got that a lot from my grandma. I still remember like breathing and practicing how I was going to tell her that I was leaving accounting. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd studied for it. I'd, I'd spent, you know, six years working in that space and that I was going to leave. And I still remember actually the feeling of being scared of telling her that I was leaving. Oh. And she was, she wasn't as upset as I thought she'd be, but I could say, I could, I could tell there, there was just this disappointment, you know, and she's, she had a very thick accent as well. And I could still hear her saying, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, well, 
And then, <laughs> you know, life kind of continues and she's just is watching because you, you can't really do a whole lot. I mean, you, you know, with, you know, your boys, my, my daughter's still little, but your boys are starting to, to grow and yes. there'll be certain things that you would want for them, but it's their choice. So. I know. And I'm very, my, my oldest son is in his last year of school and I'm so mindful of trying to let him find his own path. And my yeah. 15 year old, he hasn't found his purpose yet he hasn't found his passion my older son knows wholeheartedly he wants to be a physiotherapist and that's brilliant but my younger son he watched this movie into the wild and he said he wants to go and live off grid in the jungle like a free range person yeah. I said you can totally do that but maybe you need some skills yes well you could do like the whole vision quest concept you know that that sort of Native American kind of so maybe yeah but yes that some some skills especially for being able to survive in the I know, wild so. that would be helpful but it's really interesting um, not to impose my values on that journey because um, he's a really smart boy and inevitably he'll find a path. And if that path is living off grid, then, you know, yay, we, the world needs more people that care about the planet. So I'm, yeah. I have to like breathe hard because I vision again, I, this is my mum, children should go to university and, and it's very hard to break that. And my older son very much fits the traditional path. My younger one is a free spirit. And I see myself in him though. And I see, myself who I could have been and I try and hold on to that it's very tough as a parent isn't it oh yeah well I yeah even now like just watching my daughter and letting her solve problems herself her way and mm -hmm. not kind of going oh, well you could do it like this or you know that would no I'm just like button it just <laughs> let her let her figure it out and and she quite often comes out with some really you know great ways to solve problems so in her mind now she's like oh, I can solve problems I'm really good at it and she gives her more confidence Oh, I love but that. But it's good with, it's it's the same thing with money. You know, we, yes. we think we can't do it when we're actually a lot more um, resilient than we think we are. And we're also a lot more, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, but we, we can really be more creative and innovative in how we approach things. Mm. But we think we've got to do it a certain way. And they're like, oh, well, that person's the expert. They know they know what to do. And I'll, I'll you know, I, I'm not an expert. It's like, well, to start with, you are an expert in you. Mm -hmm. No one else knows you like you do. And you can't generically apply everything that you hear because everyone's circumstance is different. It's that same concept of every everyone's 24 hours is different, you know, depending on where you are in your stage of life. And that's where also money kind of grows with you and your, what your needs are and what your experiences have been. And we're often caged in by them. Like the amount of clients I see, they're like, oh, I watched my parents who, you know, they lost money in business. So I'm... I don't, I, I, I'm always losing money in my business. So therefore it's the same thing. I was like, well, you're mm. just kind of perpetuating the same limiting beliefs because there's something underlying that. Or yeah. even in my case, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of property investment because I watched my parents like flounder. Sometimes they made money, sometimes they lost money. And I'm consciously aware of that. So I choose other investments that I actually feel more confident with. Um, mm. So it's getting to know, and this is where that mindset is, you get to know yourself better. So then when you take information in from other areas, you're better able to apply it in a way that's more aligned with you and your values. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it, it really is a very, it's, it, it's like everything. It comes back to, to what's up here. So, so true. And running your own business, um, we do have an unfair advantage with our accounting backgrounds because um, I, I wouldn't have realized at the time how much of a good stead it was going to stand me. And to this day, I still do my own bad very confidently, yeah. very happily. My accountant says it's great. Um, yeah. So, you know, those kind of skills are fabulous, but um, I don't think any of us ever enter into running our own business thinking I'm going to be great with money. <laughs> 
because you're into it to be passionate, to do the thing that you want to do, to share the knowledge you have, or there's, and this is where there's so many hats as a business owner that you kind of need to be a little bit of a finance person. You need to know enough to not lose it. Um, And then you, you also need to be a marketing person because people need to know about you. So, you know, none of us are natural marketers, quite well, not none of us, a lot of us aren't natural marketers, but we need to have a bit of that. You know, yeah. there's selling within that as well. We need to be able to do obviously what we do. And then there's, you know, if we're managing people, then we also need to be the HR person. We need to be the tech support sometimes. Like there's so many different hats, like you said, that we we don't go into business thinking about all of those. We just want to do the thing we love. Yeah. Um and that's that's and the money side of it is where you get demonstrated the success. And that's it's more the outcome and the output, but we assign our value to it. They're like, oh, I'm obviously not a very good blah because I'm not making enough money. Well, that's that's just the result of all of the other things put together. Mm. And it's so interesting. Um, I've been watching that show on Netflix at the moment called Um I Can Make You Rich or I Can Teach You to Be Rich. Okay. Um, it's an American show. And uh, one of the things that he said that was really landed for me was the fact that we wrap up so much emotion in money and we wrap up all of our self-worth in it, which is exactly what you've just said then. I'm not good at my business or I'm not good at this because I'm not making money. And that's a really hard thing to unravel, isn't it? And that's kind of part of what you do in your business is you help us women work through some of our stuff, hey? Yes. Yeah, it's um, it's literally the first thing. Quite often in, in initial sessions when I'm working one-on-one with somebody and they're like, oh, and they start to get a bit teary. And as I look, to be perfectly honest, if if you don't start to get emotional about this, I'm not really doing my job. So I, I always bring <laughs> tissues with me because we, we're triggered by it. And yeah. even as a woman making money, um, there's there are triggers with that as well because it's, you know, we're in a family, especially if we're mums, we're like, okay, am I neglecting my family if I'm doing my business or... I haven't done, like, sometimes I don't get to the vacuuming. I don't have a cleaner because I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to that. Um, but it's one of those things where I was like, oh, well, if that doesn't happen today, that doesn't happen. And thankfully mm-hmm. I have a husband who's who's not, you know, he, he wouldn't even notice if I did vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's things like that where we just, yeah, we, we, um, we have to unpack a lot of things. And there's, in some people's cases, quite a significant amount of trauma around money, yeah. especially if they've got family. Like my my grandmother was born in 1920 in Vienna. So she lived through the Great Depression. My mother was born in 1944 in Vienna and had to basically flee because of some ongoing political stuff with her stepfather. And there's a lot of trauma built into that. Yeah. And I still remember the, like, literally my grandmother with the money under the the, um, mattress. She didn't trust the government. She didn't trust the banks. So it just, it, it does impact who we are and how we see ourselves and money. And then as business owners, how that shows up, because anything in business is like, you know, personal development on steroids. It will show up if you, if it's there, it will come out in your business. I don't think if anyone had said to me, oh, start your own business. It's the biggest journey you'll have into self-development. I think I would have called BS on that when I first started. Cause I'm like, no, nah, I'm going into business cause I'm good at marketing. Um, yeah. And then I've, I've like about five minutes into it, you're like, Oh, I have to assign a value to what I charge and I have to tell people that I'm worth that and I have to work out how am I worth that. Yeah. Um, was like, it feels like I have to be honest, when I started, it was like an induction of fire into your money mindset and your stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. And it's, and to us, we, we overcome it to a certain extent, but to be honest, a lot of what I do is helping people manage it because mm. there'll often be triggers, especially when we go back to our families yes. and they still see us as the person that we were. 
And we have grown and developed quite a lot since then. And this is also why it's very important with the friends and the, the people you surround yourself with. Family is a little bit more tricky because they're there. You don't really get to choose. Yes. <laughs> um, and finding supportive colleagues, because as a as an entrepreneur, you're very you're, you're very isolated a lot of the time. So yes. you were just talking about this before we hit yeah. record, finding like-minded women to be able to catch up with and and sort of celebrate and console and share and all of that. It's really important. Um, but yeah, so that that mindset part will will come back quite often when we're triggered at family events or when somebody says something and you're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel it and you're going, okay. You know, yeah. So managing it becomes quite important. Absolutely. I was actually... Um driving with a girlfriend who's got a business and she lives locally to me and we go to events together because we live so close and she was telling me she doesn't like her accountant and I was like we just sack her and get a new one because they're like there's plenty of great accountants out there and she said to me when she first started her accountant said to her well it's nice to have a little hobby business (laughs) I was just like I would have just walked out I would have got up and walked out if that was me um super offensive and um she felt that that was okay and stayed and then there's a whole story behind that isn't there (laughs) Yeah, how how you're willing to, if, if you, like, because sometimes I'll hear stuff and I just won't even hear it. And then someone else will say to me, didn't you get offended by that? And I'm not very easily offended. But then if I look listen to it, I'm going, well, I suppose I could have been. But if I heard it and it triggered me, then I'd be like, oh, I have to do something about this. But not doing anything about it, there's, there's often there'll be self-worth or there'll be something else that's there that they'll need yeah. to de- delve into, especially if, I don't know how long ago that was, but if they're still not happy with their accountant, then they really need to, I think that quite often that sort of thing comes because a lot, I find a lot with accountants and lawyers in particular, they, they present themselves as the expert. So mm. you don't know anything. It's okay. You just leave it to me. I know what I'm doing. When as a business person, you still need to be involved. Like I've, I've got a client at the moment who for three years, um, their tax returns hadn't been lodged. And for two years, their bazes hadn't been lodged. And I was like, did you not like, not sign? did you notice you weren't signing anything? Did, they had absolutely no idea. Wow. And and I thought, yeah, this is where you still need to be at least enough on top of things to understand what needs to be done um, yes. and what your main statements mean. Um, so yeah, so if, if you're not happy with your accountant in particular, that's, that's a big deal. In yeah, business. absolutely. So in terms of how do you work with um, entrepreneurs and business owners, let's hear a little bit about what you do because I know you're fabulous and I already know that, but <laughs> um, so I'm actually sort of, because I, when I initially started this, I started working one-on-one. Initially, I was just like, oh, everyone needs to know this. So I, I went probably, I went, not probably, I went too broad because every time I would, I would talk to, to, a, to a man, they'd be asking me about crypto. And I was like, I'm so sick of talking about crypto. I just want to do work with women because women, they're, they're doing this for a bigger purpose than just investing. <laughs> And then I noticed pretty much all my clients that started to come to me were were small business owners. And so now I I do sort of more accelerator type programs when I, so I have an online program which helps women with their their sort of financial literacy overall. Mm -hmm. And then I do sort of one-on-one. I'm actually launching a membership soon, which is trying to help understand mindset and link your personal and business finances. So a lot Mm. of what I do now is actually help women um, understand enough about their business finances also to link it to what is it that you actually want it for? Because when you look at your mindset and you can start to, to sort of figure that out, but you've also got to figure out why do you want money? Because mm-hmm. doing it, we don't do it just for the money. The money is the output, but it does buy you impact. It buys you lifestyle and it buys you the ability to perhaps do things for your children that weren't available to you as well. So there's a lot of different reasons. 
So I help, I help provide that clarity to go, okay, Mm -hmm. well, what's the lifestyle vision is is, that's the terminology I use that you actually want. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, do you want the big fancy house? Do you want the big fancy car? Or did you, cause I've, I've had clients where they bought the big fancy house and they were miserable and Mm. everybody's admiring this house and they're like, but it has no yard. I can't do a veggie patch. I was like, well, did you think about that when you bought the house? Just like, I didn't really, no, I didn't really think about it. So unless we understand why we want money, it's very difficult then for our business to fund that. So quite yes. often money will just siphon all over the place because we're not clear on where we want it to go or what we want it to do. So understanding that part to then link it to the personal finances to go, okay, well, what lifestyle do you actually want? So it's sort of kind of working a little bit with the end in mind, coming back to the beginning and going back again. So it's it's a very iterative process mm. because- that vision might also change. And you also have to consider if you're in a relationship, what does your partner want? Yeah. So quite often I'll be like, okay, so have you and your partner spoken about the kind of life that you want together? And often it'll be, oh no, or yes, he wants blah and I want blah. And you're like, okay, well, I think you need to come together and have a conversation about what the middle ground or maybe a compromise is yes. um, and how that's going to actually play out in your business. And then, so it's, it's a, it's, it's quite an all encompassing process, but it is very much focused on the financial side, which then flows over into life because it then yeah. impacts the decisions that you make. Um, and then mm. once you understand your values and your mindset is kind of, it, it's it's intertwined with all of that. So it's intertwined with how you show up in so your business. <laughs> yeah, it's an intertwined in the decisions that you make in your private life and being able to be more aware of it makes mm. it a lot easier to actually do something about it. Amazing. And Alpha, am I correct in thinking there aren't many people out there doing what you do because there are lots of people that do courses on money mindset and there are lots of people that can teach you how to like budget personally or run your business, but you're sitting across the lot, which is pretty great. Yeah. So, and again, that's, that kind of morphed by accident, mainly because of the the experience that I have, because yes. I love, I love the mindset side. I cannot, cannot take that away from what I do. It's just, it's, yes. it's, in, it's intrinsic with it. Um, and then I found anytime I was working with clients, um, I'd start on their personal finances, but then we'd get pulled into their business because quite often it's, it's, it's quite messy. Yes. <laughs> so and there's not there's, really a separation to be fair. Like you yeah. might run your business through zero and do all your reports in zero, but your, whatever your business is making has a direct impact on whatever your personal lifestyle looks at. And so to look at those numbers together makes a complete sense to me. <laughs> yeah. And quite often I'll, I'll speak to their accountants. So the, the accountant who runs the, their um, the business finances will also be doing their personal tax returns. And they'll be mm-hmm. like, so how are they actually getting their money out? Because quite often, you know, for the first few years in particular, um, you're going to be financing your business out of personal money. So it's like, so mm-hmm. how is that money going into the business? And then how is it being extracted? Sometimes it'll come out as wages, which is then taxed. I was like, but you put that money in. So it should actually be extracted in a way that's like a loan repayment, for instance, yes. or so I'll be talking with an accountant to make sure that part, or at least that they understand why it's been structured that way. I'm not questioning what the accountant's done. I just want to make sure that my client understands why it was done that way. And that that actually matches their personal goals um, because they're, they are intertwined, like you said. So it's, it, it kind of, I kind of got pulled into the business finances part because it is so inextricably linked to their personal finances. And and I understand a lot of that because I worked in corporate tax for so long and we did a lot of 
high net worth individuals and small businesses as well. So it um it just I can't not talk about it, especially the tax side of it. And especially when it comes to children too. Quite often they'll have kids and they're so focused on their business. A, they don't pay themselves super quite often. That that's mm-hmm. that's a big one. Small business owners don't pay themselves either at all or enough. Yes. And then they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I want to be able to to save for you know, maybe tertiary education for my child, if that's really important, or at least mm-hmm. in some way that I can help them when they're older, because I would have loved that for me. And yes. so I, I kind of give them ideas about what sorts of things that they could or products they could look at or structures they can look at. And then if it's if it needs a structure change, they might need to go talk to their lawyer about actually making that um, sort of more and make sure that it actually suits their needs as well. So there's a lot of things people don't even know what to ask. Yeah. And, you know, even just listening to you talk, Alpha, because I've done a massive overhaul of my personal business finances this year and worked so closely with my accountant, who is wonderful. And to be fair, has sat very quietly in the corner being, being wonderful without me being proactive, which I think a lot of us are scared to ask lots of questions. And now that I am, and I haven't even approached that, um, what's next for my children and do I want to help them with their tertiary education, all those things, because you're yeah. so busy stuck in the now and mm-hmm. just uh, getting through day to day that we can often just lose sight of that. And it's been really interesting to look up and kind of go, what what is next? What is my vision? What is my husband and my vision? And those are really big conversations that you have and it can be really emotional if money yeah. is not doing well in your life for whatever reason, like if it's not been handled well. Yeah, and in a relationship, there's your money stuff and then there's also your partner's money stuff and Mm. they they can be quite different so you're dealing with you've got two layers of stuff and then you're also trying to be a good role model for your children (laughs) so you're trying to get over your stuff so even even though I'm quite conscious of it I still watch myself say some things to my daughter sometimes and go oh dear how how could that be interpreted did that you know, I, I I analyze it possibly a bit too much sometimes, <laughs> but I don't want her to, cause it, when I say no to some things, like just the other day, she, friends of ours just got this really fancy, like, um, gym swing set climbing thingy Thing. in their backyard. <laughs> and, um, and my daughter has always wanted like a swing set and something in the backyard. And my husband's always been against it. Cause he's like, there's playgrounds. We don't need anything in our backyard, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh. Um, but now I just bought her some little rings and things. So she's swinging on that. She says, oh, mama, see, I now have a swing. I've always wanted a swing. And I thought, I hope she doesn't realize that it wasn't a lack of money. The reason she couldn't have the swing, there was other issues. <laughs> I know. But I can't control how she interprets everything. So I know. And um, I, I'm a bit like you, yeah, but I sometimes get in my own head how I'm talking to my children because I grew up, my mom was a single mom and we were incredibly poor. Yeah. And so there was always that money doesn't grow on trees. Money was scarce. Money was tight. How we spent every cent mattered and yeah. um, it puts a massive lack into your mindset. Yes. And so now when I speak to my children, um, everyone has their own money in my family. So um, my old son has a job. My younger son works in our business as a job. So everyone has their own money. My husband and I have our own play money accounts. And yeah. I was at grocery shopping with them. And my my younger son and my husband are total... Um, like impulsive shoppers and they were like, we should buy this dog. And I'm like, yep, absolutely. It's not coming out of the family budget. If you want to yeah. buy it, you buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was so funny because in years gone by, I would have bought that because I didn't want them to feel lack because that was my own stuff. Yes. And now I realize it's not lack that we're not buying it. It's because it's, we don't need it. It's excess. <laughs> yeah. It's really, um, it's really interesting to tap into that stuff. I think that the money mindset stuff is like a massive journey. 
Yes. And it's, it's an exercise in creativity too. So that's, that's how I've often turned it around with my daughter. Like she was really into the show and she wanted the mask that went with the show. And I thought <laughs> rather than just going and buying the thing, that's just going to sit there after the five minutes, she's sort of finished being interested in it. I was like, well, let's make the mask. So I've got all, I've got lots of crafting stuff and it becomes sort of like an exercise that we do together and we, we design it, we create it. And she still wasn't interested in it for much more than five minutes either. But at least there was something more out of it. And it wasn't just another thing that we bought that just got discarded. So it's it's understanding the stories that we have, why they're there, why do we believe them? Because quite often we'll just say these things and we'll rattle them off and we won't even necessarily understand the origin of them. And mm. quite often we don't really believe them, but we've somehow said them so often that we believe them to be true. And so we behave in a way that they are true, which then reinforces it because then experience will prove the thing. And then like I spoke about with your See, class, just so. this <laughs> reinforcement loop that happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can't do anything about it. That's just who I am. And you're like, well, no, no, no. We just need something to, to break like a, you know, even somebody just to ask a question. So why do you believe that? The amount of times I have people tell me, oh, I'm not good at this. We're not good at that. Like if somebody says, well, I'm not good at money. I said, why? Like, well, A, do you want to be when it comes to money? That's that's a little bit different. But like, do you want to be good at it? Sometimes the answer is no. Like someone said to me the other day, I'm not good at cooking. And I was like, well, do you want to be? And like, and you could tell they were just a bit shocked by the question. They're like, oh, uh, well, no. There's a wall then let it go. Is it an issue? <laughs> if you want to be good at cooking, there's there's ways you can fix that problem. Absolutely. So it's, it's that kind of thing too, where we just need to to have and that's why somebody like me comes in because I create that kind of break in the the, the the repartee. Somebody will just prattle something off, and I'll be like, "Hang on, you just said that. Why do you? Why did you say that?" And they and half the time they don't even realize they've said it. And then if they play it back to themselves, they're horrified at the words. It's a little bit like when you know we say things or we might do something like, "Oh, that's such a stupid thing to do." And I was like, "Well, would you ever say that to someone else?" But we're saying it to ourselves. I know. And you know, we're the, we're the ones who make our lives happen. If we keep on telling ourselves we're stupid, then, you know, that's, that would, we may as well be, you know, like it's becomes this, we make something true quite often by the repetition of our language, the yeah. assumptions that we make. There's so many elements to it, which, um, yeah, I won't go into, I'll, I'll, I'll get on my, my, um, my soapbox if I keep going too long, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's quite often those beliefs and stories that just really hold us back. And then things become habit before we know it. And unless we make a very, very conscious effort to do it, it is difficult to do it on our own, which is why quite often you get mindset coaches who who help, um, yeah. but you can, but it's, yeah. So we just need to start with awareness. Oh, I love that. <laughs> on Alpha, I'm um, mindful that we must wrap up and I think we could talk all day. Absolutely. And I love that you said, let's start with awareness. So for all of my audience that are listening, please go to the show notes on my website because you'll be able to connect with Alpha on her socials. Also check out her online course, which if you are not sold on that, I don't know how I could possibly sell it anymore. And I'm excited that you're going to have your membership up and running too, Alpha. That sounds wonderful. Um, so please go and connect with Alpha and check out all that she has to offer. I think she is wonderful and I hope you've enjoyed hearing her today. Alpha, thank you so much for your time today. It's been delightful having you on the show. Thank you so much, Sarah. I love what you do and you're just a beautiful person. So thank me. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, thank you all for listening to The Social Circus and I will catch you all the same time next week.
Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.